it was the best thing. It was the highlight of my high school career and especially my college career. I encourage everyone to do speech and debate or at least try it once. It's such a good community to be a part of. I've made friends for life in, the, in that community and it made me better in college as a student. It made me better in my job as someone in the workforce. It has lasting, lifelong lasting benefits. At speech and debate award ceremonies across the nation, the one-clap rule was established to expedite the process of awards, to show appreciation to students who earned a trip to the final stage, but avoid long blocks of applause for dozens of students. The one-clap is both efficient and infectious. It is a unifier, a celebration of student success, and a moment of in-sync speech and debate community. Welcome to One Clap, a speech and debate podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Wiley. Let's get started. Greetings and salutations, friends. I'm Lyle Wiley, an English teacher and speech and debate coach at Hot Springs County High School, and you are listening to the One Clap Podcast, a pod for speech and debate coaches and competitors from Wyoming and anywhere. Thank you for listening. I want to take a second first before I get started on the pod to give a shout out to all the healthcare workers who are spending long hours assisting those in need and are out on the front lines combating COVID-19 in our community and all over the place. Thank you so much for your sacrifice and commitment to serving others. I have an old friend joining me today on the podcast. Her name is Haley Lozy Reyes. And when I started coaching at Torrington High School, I was so green in the speech and debate world, I had very little idea what I was doing as a coach. The whole speech and debate universe was completely new to me. I didn't understand how tournaments worked or how events ran. I wasn't sure exactly how to keep my team together. I didn't exactly know how to recruit and how to help students find success in their events. And I was just really trying to figure all that stuff out. And only by the help of the Wyoming coaching community, my own amazing competitors who were so patient with me and worked so hard with me. And uh, after my first couple of years coaching on my own, my assistant coaches, without them, I never would have been able to continue coaching in the community and been an effective coach. And one of those assistant coaches was Haley. Haley is a two-time national qualifier uh, from Green River High School, and she's also a former college debater at Eastern Wyoming College and the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And she was an assistant coach at Torrington High School while I was the coach there. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Haley was an amazing assistant coach. Her and Zach Brunson basically took over the debate program at Torrington and helped grow it to a whole nother level. And they also taught me so much about debate. Since those days, Haley has completed her BA in communication studies at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and she has aspirations to earn her doctorate. Haley talked on the pod about the origins of her speech and debate journey, the great things about competing in debate, the challenges and glories of policy debate, and the rather odd snack preferences that she's developed in her debate preparation process. Thank you so much for all you've taught me, for your friendship, and for coming on the One Clap podcast, Haley. Let's get right to my conversation with my guest and friend, Haley Lozy Reyes. Hi, Haley. Hi. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's just really mm-hmm. good to talk to you and see you. It's been too long. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on here to talk about your experience in speech and debate. I appreciate yeah, it. Course. So I like to start with this question because it's pretty important. On a scale of one to 10, 
how nerdy would you say that you are? I'd say I'm like a 7.7, like depends on what I'm nerding out about. Like if it's about Space Jam or if it's about Pokemon, like it's a full 10, but because I'm not nerdy about other things, like it evens out. So how did you get into speech and debate? What was your sort of origin story? Yeah. So I wanted to get out of swimming. I swam my freshman year and I hated it. Speech and debate seemed like the best place. Like I was painfully, painfully shy, like my freshman year. And I wanted something to bring me out of that bubble. And I thought, what better way than to literally talk in front of people? Yeah. And I would definitely say that you're not a super shy person now. So Not anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> What events did you compete in? So I started out doing LD, surprisingly. Like, I was not always a policy debater. But then, obviously, like, policy is what I did most of my career, and that's what I became, like, known for in the community. I also did Congress a couple times. I wasn't very good at that. I did Extemp. I was also wasn't very good at that. But then I also did Informative my last year. I did POI my last year. The first years I became high school events. And I did Poetry most of the time. When you were a competitor, and I got to watch your POI, which was strong, yeah. and, and uh, also saw you, of course, policy debate a few mm-hmm. times, and just yeah. anni- annihilate people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was mean. You were mean, but you were good. Very good. <laughs> so when you coach, and I kind of know this, but uh, what, what kind of events have you coached? Yeah, so I usually coach um, CX. I helped Pope in her POI, and I helped some of the kids in their oratories. Yes. Yes. You are a very valuable member of the Torrington High School Speech and Debate team. <laughs> Basically ran the debate department while I floundered trying to figure out how to coach debate. So mm-hmm. yes, you helped build that program, which is pretty special. Nice. Um, so what did you like best about competing? And then, you know, also what did you like best about when you had the opportunity to coach? So competing, there was like a rush with competing that I always loved. I was so much fun to get into a debate and especially with CX that's so high energy and very like quick-witted it was a lot of fun to be a part of that and the community was also really great uh, competing like I made a lot of friends and I still keep in contact with like Zach Burnson and I are still very good friends and I'm going to his wedding in June so like if it wasn't for speech and debate and competing in that I wouldn't have that kind of connection but coaching was also really fun because I got to feel like a proud mother, especially like when the kids did really well, like when Hope qualified for nationals and when Cali won state, that was really special moments that I got to feel like a very proud mom in. Yeah, it's it's really neat to see someone who puts in all the time and effort and, you know, works with you, alongside you, find success. It's a really, it's, a, it's an amazing moment when yeah. that happens. Yeah. What about your college experience? I kind of forgot to ask you about that. What was it like to compete at the collegiate level? It's a different animal for sure. It's totally different. When I competed at EWC, I did some different events that I didn't do before. Like I did um, IPDA, which is a one-on-one debate where you get the topic 30 minutes before the debate, prep for 30 minutes, and then go in and debate it. So it's very like, it's like a PF, except like, it's like an extemp debate, I guess is the best way to describe it. And that was totally different, but I loved it. It was so much fun to like really meet people at the collegiate level, people who are really good, people who have won nationals and I was able to go against them. And at UNLV, it's, I did policy there and that's a completely different animal. Like policy and the college level and policy at the high school level are completely different, but it was still pretty cool to like be able to get beaten by people who were that good. What would you say to high school students that are thinking about competing at the collegiate level, especially Wyoming students? What are your thoughts on that? Is that something that students can do? I mean, I say if I can do it, then anyone can do it. 
And at UNLV, did you were you on scholarship or did you just kind of join the team while you were going to school there? I just joined the team on a whim, like my senior year. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. It's yeah. but it's neat that there's there's really that kind of opportunity out there for you mm-hmm. if you want to do it. Programs have space for people to to compete. Right, they're always taking people, especially even if you've never done debate before. Like they'll take you on. And EWC gave you a significant amount of money to debate there too, right? I was almost full ride at EWC. Yeah, on my fun debate alone. Super cool. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind of like wanted to get a chance to talk to you about policy debate, especially yeah. while we have this conversation. You know, in Wyoming speech and debate, there's a there's a little bit of a stigma for policy. Mm-hmm. There are schools yeah. with programs that are you know dynastic, sort of have had strong CX programs for for decades. I think it's a great event, uh, but why do you think there's a stigma? One, and then what separates policy from other events as an event that students should consider? Yeah, CX is hard. It's a lot of stuff to get involved in. Like having one topic all year long makes you almost an expert in that field. And that can be really intimidating for people. Like, especially when they're really out there kind of topics that maybe aren't in current events. Like when I was like, I think my junior year, we were talking about ocean exploration. Like that wasn't in the news. No one's really talking about that in the same way that LD and PF have topics that are more current events oriented. So it can be hard to like dive into topics that really no one's talking about. At the same time, CX is also like known for being a, a mean event. Like people get really heated in CX. So those are a couple of things about it that like mm-hmm. are sort of stigmas, tricky things. But why, what about CX is like especially great, something that students, reasons why they should consider it? Yeah, no, CX is one of the, it's like one of the only high school events that transfers into the collegiate level, which is really important. I know a lot of kids who debate at the high school level want to go and continue on at the college level. And CX is the best way to do that because it just, it's a seamless transfer over. And CX is a really good way to get noticed. There's more scholarships that are associated with CX. It's also just more fun. Like it makes you a better thinker. Like you have to think faster than anyone than any of the other events will make you think. I guess you sort of followed a path kind of like Zach where you started Mm -hmm. in in LD and then you did policy. He said basically after he did policy, there's no way I could go back to LD or some Mm -hmm. other form of debate, PF. It's just boring after doing CX. Yeah. And there's such a different language with policy that comes with it that is not transferable to any of the other events. What do you think is the most difficult challenge? Is it the the fact that you have to stick with one topic for the whole year? Is it the fact that you have to you know do a ton of research on that one topic and and it's so you know research heavy? Is it the aggressive stuff? What do you think is the biggest I, challenge? One of my biggest challenges was the research. It's just a lot. Like you would spend days, entire nights researching, which is really difficult. And especially you have to keep up with like how things are changing. So like you had to keep up with policy that's happening around your event around your topic and that can be challenging and I think even though it doesn't happen a lot in Wyoming I saw this at the collegiate level spreading is really hard to pick up like you have to be naturally good at talking fast in order to like be successful at at spreading and spreading is just a term for talking really really fast right and it's fairly common in in policy right Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah at the college level it's almost required yeah, that, that does that does get a little intimidating. I mean, even as a coach who judges, it, it can be kind of intimidating to try to follow. So what about the like the other side of that coin? Like if that's one of the biggest challenges, what, what do you think is something that you get from the event that you can't get from any other event? I think especially at the Wyoming level, there's a sense of camaraderie that comes 
with doing policy that you don't get in the other events because the pool is so small. Like, you know the people in policy and you know what they're running almost all the time. And you also get to know them really well as people just because like you're constantly debating them all the time or debating them even twice at the same tournament. Yeah, I think that people that are involved in speech and debate know this, but maybe maybe people that are new or outsiders don't know that the, I mean, the, the ability to connect through mm-hmm. this event, through well, through this activity, through speech yeah. and debate as a whole, like networking is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not wrong. The people that you meet and compete with and compete against become people that you know throughout your life in some, mm-hmm. some circumstances. And that community, it, it's great for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah friendship, camaraderie, but also connections, uh, yeah. which no, I mean, I that's kind of how life works, right? I know. I think if it wasn't for me, like constantly going up to you after you judged my debates in high school and asking for that feedback, I wouldn't have been able to like want to go to, to Torrington for college or like get an opportunity to coach for your team. Absolutely. And I mean, that's just kind of the way it works in our community. We're all sort of open to, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about how we can help each other all the mm-hmm. time. And, and we do tend to all help each other. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why I'm kind of trying to hope I'm trying to do this is to sort mm-hmm. of share our knowledge collectively so that we can continue to get better. I was going to ask you your thoughts, and I'm sorry, I didn't ask you this in advance, but what are your thoughts on the resolution for next year? Have you seen it yet? I haven't. So you should remind me of it. Okay. Let me just throw it out there and then you yeah. can tell me your initial thoughts about it. So mm-hmm. the United States federal government should enact substantial criminal justice reform in the United States in one or more of the following forensic science, policing, or sentencing. So it's a large resolution yeah. topic, three different parts. Hmm. That's really interesting. I think there's a lot of different ways. I think policing is probably going to be the most popular topic. I think people are going to just know more about that right off the top of their heads and want to debate that. I think you'll see a lot of freshman teams going with a policing top with a policing case. Definitely. I think the addition of forensic science is kind of interesting. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Like I think you'll probably see your more advanced teams trying to find something with that. I do think that it's a little bit broader than a mm-hmm. lot of other um, resolutions we've seen in the last few years. So there could be a a wide array of different right. kinds of cases, different kinds of policies written for it, for sure. But it seems like it could be kind of a fun one. Yeah, no, I'd be really interested in like judging some debates on that. So I think I think one of the things that's really tricky as a coach is, is recruiting for policy and CX, or even just feeling comfortable enough to coach the, the mm-hmm. event in terms of, you know, getting someone excited about it doesn't make any sense if you yeah. are not comfortable coaching it yourself. So do you have any like thoughts about mm-hmm. one ways to approach the event that, that kind of simplifies it for coaches when you think about how, how they could coach policy? And then yeah. the, other, the other part is how do you get people excited about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think getting, helping coaches is a good way is to involve yourself in workshops or webinars. A lot of those exist for coaches who are new to policy and new to judging and coaching those kind of events. So I think getting involved in educating yourself on that is the first and best step to take that, take with that. And also leaning on your other coaches in the state to teach you about that. I think, uh, especially in Wyoming, I don't think there's a single coach who won't help you if you want to know more about policy debate. Oh, that's very true. Mm-hmm. And the resources and stuff are, I mean, people are willing to share cases straight yeah. up, basically what their students are doing and also the techniques that they use to to work with our students and stuff. Yeah. That's a really great point. Mm-hmm. And um, I think as far as getting students excited, the way I got into the policy was my coach Karina and Green River just said, you're going to do it. 
Like I told, she asked me if I wanted to do it when I was doing LD and I'm like, no, nah, Karina, I really like Paul. I really like LD. And then I went, I had like a so-so tournament my, my novice year. And she said, no, you're going to, you're going to do policy. And she just put me into it and said, try it for two tournaments. And I fell in love. And that's really how it happens. Like it doesn't sound great, but you almost just kind of have to like find the students who are really quick witted, who can talk a little bit faster and just kind of make them do it. And they'll, they'll pick up on it. I would say too that, I mean, in programs where the, the event exists and you have a team or two or four, uh, it's, it's a little bit easier to pick up people Absolutely. because they can kind of watch and stuff. I, I think maybe it's pretty tricky when you, you're solo, when there's only mm-hmm. one team, one CX team on a team. But I think, I think the intimidation factor is pretty mm-hmm. big. Is there, is there anything we can do to kind of like alleviate some of the fears that people have associated with the event? That's a good question. I think something you could do is like hold like statewide workshops, especially like at the beginning of the semester. Having like video conferences with te- with policy teams from other other towns would be a pretty good idea. Like, I mean, for example, if I was in high school and the Thermopolis team wanted to get a policy team started, I would have absolutely done like a video conference with their team. Like we biggest thing with policy is we want the pool to be bigger in Wyoming. We don't want it as much fun as it is to keep debating the same people. We want a bigger pool. We want more competition. It just makes the debate better. So I think talking to other coaches and getting their policy teams to help out other, other teams would be something that's a good idea. Like it would increase the pool. I think that's just a great point, Haley. I I really do think that the coaches in the state are super open to helping and working Mm -hmm. with other people. And I think that there's sort of a fear sometimes with coaches of reaching out sometimes it's logistics sometimes it's just that people are so busy it's hard to figure out a way to reach out or time mm-hmm. but i think sometimes too there's just sort of that you know i, I don't want to i don't want to bother somebody I, right. this is a competition they're not going to want to help me but you're you're right i mean by everyone getting stronger it, it helps mm-hmm. it helps the quality of the debate it helps right. the quality of what we do and it's more fun the more people mm-hmm. that you can debate it's way more fun yeah so is there anything else you want to add about policy debate right now? Anything that you could add about ways to sell it or coaching tips, uh, different kind of strategies that you think work for students? Yeah, I think coaching tips is like the way I did it at Torrington when I was coaching there is I broke it all down because there's a lot of moving parts with policy debate. And I would just take like one or two weeks and tell my students that who are doing policy that like you need to come to these every single day and we're just going to break it all down. Like we're going to talk about topicality, we're going to talk about critique, we're going to talk about counter plans and just break it all down like one day at a time. And it helps them understand things at the deep level that they need to, but without bogging them down too much with all the pol- informational policy that comes with it. Obviously, when you're in a debate, you want to you want to have all those pieces, but people can do these debates with only part of the knowledge and right. So you don't have to have it all at once. Yeah, especially like at, at the novice level where you're only allowed to do certain things. Like you don't debate like all of, you don't debate topicality in novice level. You don't debate critique at the novice level. It's just disadvantages, which is a really great way to like help novices get started. And you can be a novice at any level in high school. So maybe not trying to eat the entire element element at this at the very start like trying to take on everything right from Mm -hmm. the start or overwhelming them with tons and tons of jargon from the start but just taking things piece by piece 
So you do have to have pretty committed students, I think, to make CX work. You do. And and that's just for debate in general. Like in order to be good at debate, you have to do it. That's very true. Anything else you want to add about policy before I ask you a couple other questions? Yeah, no, I think a really important thing is that policy in Wyoming is totally different than policy at the national level. And I think Wyoming, there's a responsibility in Wyoming to try and evolve a little bit more policy-wise to be more competitive when they go to nationals, because that's something I noticed, especially when I went to nationals, like our policy teams just got eaten alive at nationals because the debate in Wyoming versus the national level is so different. I think there's a responsibility on the part of coaches and Wyoming policy competitors to learn how to adapt to those different styles of debating in order to like be really good at nationals because that's where we really want to be good at. Do you think that a lot of that just really has to do with the small size of the pool and that if we grow, then a lot of that will, because we're, I mean, Wyoming students are competitive and pretty Mm -hmm. much everything else, but I think you're you're pretty right. Like it feels like we're not as competitive in Mm -hmm. policy. Right. And that's just coming like most of those other teams are debating the K, they're debating the critique and people in Wyoming just don't do that. And I think a part of the reason that is, is just like the judging pool in Wyoming is so small too. Like it's really hard to get judges who understand that type of debate in the back of the room for policy debaters. They're still getting like moms and dads, they're getting the bus driver debater or judges. And it's hard to like debate the critique and debate uh, the way the national teams do when you have someone in the back of the room who doesn't understand it. That's a great point. I mean, lay judges for mm-hmm. uh, policy debate basically necessitate you taking all the jargon that you've learned yeah. and all of the different approaches yeah. that you've learned that are advanced and pretty much not using those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which I mean, I think it's good for debaters to be able to do both, but right. I think that's a great, a great point. Like, I don't think that it happens that, that, that people get to use their full arsenal enough. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd like to share about your experience with the speech and debate community? Gosh, it was the best thing. It was the highlight of my high school career and especially even my college career. It was the best thing I ever did. I encourage everyone to do speech and debate or at least try it once. It's such a good community to be a part of. I've made friends for life in, the com- in that community. I've learned things that I never would have gotten the opportunity to learn about otherwise. And it made me better in college as a student. It made me better in my job as a- someone in the workforce. Like, it has lasting lifelong lasting benefits. That's awesome to hear. And yeah. you're certainly, it's not, it's not like you're alone with, with those mm-hmm. feelings. Like speech and debate does a lot of remarkable right. things for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen my fellow competitors that I've kept in touch with since high school and just seeing the things that they're doing because like it's probably speech and debate gave them the courage or the opportunity or the verbal know-how to do these types of things. I'm excited about some of your plans from yeah. here. So you've graduated with the communication studies degree from UNLB, a bachelor's, yeah. and you're working for an online university doing PR right now, mm-hmm. but you're hoping to go back to grad school and get your PhD in communication right. studies. In mm-hmm. communication? Okay, cool. What do you want to do after you get your PhD? I'd like to teach. I'd like to be a professor. I love to coach speech and debate again, whether it's the high school level or the college level. Like that was something I really enjoyed and I want to do it again. I, you you are an excellent coach, so I do hope that you get the opportunity to, to coach again. Okay, so some serious questions mm-hmm. kind of end our conversation. So what is your go-to speech and debate snack at tournaments or while preparing for competition? So when I was debating in high school, we'd always stop at the same rest stop in Rollins every single time. Like it was perfectly right in between like Cheyenne or Casper or wherever we were going. And I always got orange juice and cheddar and sour cream ruffles. 
<laughs> Orange juice and cheddar and sour cream ruffles. They got me going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, also, my last question I would ask is just how, how are you holding up with everything right now in the middle of this uh, coronavirus situation? How are, how are you doing? How are your friends? It's difficult. I mean, no one I know has gotten sick yet. And especially like living with someone who works in the medical field. Like I'm lucky that I haven't been that exposed and she's taken the necessary precautions to not expose me or to not expose herself. But it's difficult. Like quarantining is really hard, especially like someone like me who's social and like really enjoys going out and meeting people. So it's been hard to like try and like social distance and limit the amount of interactions I'm having with people. And I think it's really hard for people in general. It's what I'm noticing online and everything. People are kind of like losing their minds. It's like as people we're social animals and it's hard to like tell us to just stop being that way because it takes away something that's really intrinsically human. It's a tough sell for a lot of people to take things seriously right now, but I'm glad you're taking it seriously and I hope that you stay safe. Yeah. And I sure appreciate you coming on and talk to me and I appreciate all that you've done for me as a coach too. You've always made me better. I've learned a lot from you. So I'm always here for help. Like, I can always take, make time for, for, for you or for anyone else in the Wyoming community if they need help. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Haley. Of course. Thank you again to Haley Losey Reyes for taking time out of her schedule to talk with me. Haley has been so key in my development as a coach, and I appreciate all that she's given to the Wyoming speech and debate community as a competitor, coach, and advocate. Thanks, Haley. If you have any ideas, questions, or thoughts about what we could explore on the pod, please reach out on social media or email me at lylewiley at gmail.com. Also, if you're able and willing, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Reviews will help listeners find the pod, and hopefully we can get this out to coaches and competitors who might benefit from guests like Haley and all the other smart folks that come to talk to me on the One Clap Podcast. Congratulations to all of the national qualifiers from the Wind River District and the Hole in the Wall District in Wyoming. Also, best of luck to everyone who's preparing for the online Wyoming State Speech and Debate Tournament coming up next week. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe, be kind, and remember, roadmaps are always on the clock at the One Clap Podcast.